All right. Joe LaChapelle, the, the Ice Viking dad, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here and talk to me. Um, I think once anybody looks at any one of your profiles, any one of your pages, I think they get a pretty clear picture of what you're all about. Uh, as a fellow ice bather, as a fellow cold exposure enthusiast, I guess what I, what I would want to know, ice bather to ice bather, is where do you go? when you go into the water so every time i go i'm i'm just telling myself it's my healing process when you say healing process cuz what i've boiled it down to for me is almost a form of self mutilation in a way where it's controlled it's not fire right so it's not destructive but it hurts just enough to like tell me that i'm there right and that's kind of what i try to ignore when i go in is that sensation um you know, the, the contraction, like, you know, when you get into that first cold one and you feel your whole body just tense up and then the, the head game is to just let it all go. Right. So is, do you feel like it's, it's also a self mutilation in a way, like a non-destructive self mutilation? That's a fucking good question. Uh, kind of, but it's for a good reason. Right. What does it bring you closer to, or rather, what does it bring you farther away from? It brings all the negative shit in my head far away, but um, it brings me closer to my uh, meditation state that I can't get anywhere else. Describe. I want you to describe for me, though, your meditation state. Like, is it that you try to just make everything disappear or is it that you focus on a particular thing? Like, what? what's your headspace as, as you're getting into that water? You feel that cold line kind of burn its way up your calf up your thigh hits your torso like what are you thinking as you go in that water it's just i i gotta do it i have to do it even if the pain comes i know my hands and feet are gonna freeze first but for the rest of the body it's it's a good feeling like i like the little pinch and the little burn on my chest and my back but um for for the mental state i just once i'm in i don't i don't think about anything else but my breathing and the little and the little pain that comes with it but it's a it's a good pain what does it heal for you though right because you've got a history of addiction and i think everybody's been touched by addiction in one way or another i mean do you mind telling me about your addiction like getting into it getting out of it how the cold water has really helped you distance yourself from it especially now that i've been doing it like daily now it's like another level. I don't even want to drink anymore. I don't, everything's gone. But my addiction problem, I had like pretty much got it under control when my wife uh, got pregnant of my daughter, Charlie. The only thing that was left was alcohol I was struggling with, especially in the summer when I start working. It's like I drink a lot after work, calm myself down. But now with the daily dips, it's just next level. I don't even want to drink anymore. Was it just alcohol for you always, or was it other stuff? Pretty much like cocaine and uh, opiates and uh, and alcohol. How has the cold water helped you with that? Like, explain that to me. Explain how the one thing, you know, they say that in order to drive out a nail, you have to use another nail. And they say that often when it comes to habits. How has this nail helped to drive out that addiction nail? I don't know if it's the dopamine that uh, the cold water gives you. Or just my mental state has changed since I've been doing this. I want to get more healthy. Like, uh, now my drug is to to be healthy and fit. 
like I changed my my habits for a better habit. You're on a streak now, like a couple of hundred days, right? Ice bathing. 401. 401. How long are you going to do it for? I stopped the streak yesterday. Uh, not yesterday, the day before. I missed one day. So my 401, but I did it yesterday and today. So Now, now you're hardcore. You chop holes in lakes. I've seen you do it. I, I haven't gotten that far yet. We have an irrigation pond for a farm uh, right in our backyard. And I'm waiting for it to fully ice over before I kind of, before I do that, chop a hole in the ice. Now, you're up in Quebec. I don't know. What made you take the leap from doing it in a freezer, right? You've got an ice, you've got a freezer that you go into versus doing it in the lake. Freezer was, I got it this uh, for the summer. I used to do it in a bath, like like you used to do it, and uh, it was too much um, too much stuff to get ready. Especially when I finished work, I didn't have time to fill up the bath, put ice. So I got a chest freezer. That's the best thing for the summer. You just plug it in, unplug it when it's ice, and but uh, yeah, open water like in the wild, that's next level. You you connect with nature. It's crazy. Now you don't do this alone though. Like I have you gotten people around you to start doing this? Because when I started ice bathing, I was the only one that I knew that, that did it. Um, my wife had got into her first ice bath this summer, which was a surprise to me. She woke me up one day at five in the morning and she's like, can you, can you help me get in the ice bath? And I'm like, dude, I don't wake up until like, you know, not until a little while after that, she's I'm like, you're getting in the ice bath after years of trying to talk her into it. She, on her own volition, she decided to go in and as much as she hates it for the obvious reasons, she loved it for, I guess, the reasons that you and I both love it. You have a daughter. How old is your little girl? Uh, Charlie, the oldest, she's five. And I got the youngest, she's two, but the youngest didn't, she, she hasn't done it yet. Okay. So I have a, a daughter who's also almost five. She's my third, but she gets right in. She actually doesn't stress the ice at all. And I've seen your daughter get in the ice bath too, right? Your youngest does it? My youngest does it. Oh, yeah. I thought, oh, uh, yeah. No, that was, well, Um, my oldest won't touch it as of yet. Uh, my middle, my son, he has, and he does. Um, he's starting to buy into it because he's a he's a pretty intense soccer player and for recovery and for training purposes he likes to incorporate it into his program which I think is really cool because he's only nine but my youngest we've for years now we've been filling up the bathtub with just water she doesn't care if it's hot or not she bathes in it she plays in it she absolutely enjoys it talk, talk to me about your daughter doing the ice bathing though like t tell me about that how did she get into it I think she's she um she loved cold water since she was a baby because before I was in all this before I before I got my depression and I found Wim Hof and everything she she was uh, taking the hose straight out and she was crawling and she was putting it on on herself and um and then I got into the Wim Hof and then I saw her like going into uh, the snow barefoot and everything before I was even doing it you know so um, when when I started do, doing the the ice bath, she got more curious and she started climbing in the bath with me and walking like she was only three. 
And then uh, the, the year after, you know, she was going inside with us and sitting and breathing. And uh, last winter, she did her first one and during the winter and she stayed like 15 or 20 seconds. Like it was the longest she ever done right in the middle of the winter. Because usually we do it in the summer with her. But now she's she, she just, she nails it. It's uh, It's in her... It's in her DNA, I think. <laughs> she went, well, you're, I mean, you're Viking, dude, you're Viking. She went, did she go in the lake? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, she comes in the lake and everything now. Dude, that's so crazy. So the people that I've seen you go in the lake with, those are people from your community? Or are those just ice bathers that congregate there? Did you get them into it? Who, who are they? When I started, I was doing it like with one or two of my friends who were curious. And then uh, I was posting videos and People were coming up and asking me if they come uh, come and join, and then uh, slowly build up a big community now. And I got um, and uh, I don't know if you saw my latest videos. It's like live without fear. Like uh, I started this with a couple of uh, bathers that I I found and uh, are friends with from last winter, and so we decided to uh, build this. Uh, this brand so we could help other people and deal with all kind of mental uh, issues. So what, what do you mean? Is it a support group? Do you guys have therapists? Are you basically pillars for other people in your community? What, what is this that you do? Slowly we're now we're just trying to build a name, mm -hmm. but slowly we, we would like to um, not to make it a franchise, but to make it like a, a studio where people could come and uh, like ha have a, help they need now why why is that important why is that important to you for me because the cold got me out of a dark place uh, in 2019 i had a post-traumatic uh, syndrome like i i found a, a friend of mine dead in the snow i think i always been dealing with depression my whole life but that like triggered something and i i fucked, i lost it for like three months I wasn't able to function and not do anything. And that's what happened. Uh, I found like, uh, I was looking on the, on, on the internet to try to find a way to cure my, uh, my depression. Cause I didn't want to go back to medication. Cause I knew if I fall back in that place, I would keep using that for a long time. So, uh, I, I found, uh, the Wim Hof on the Joe Rogan podcast saying that he could cure, uh, anxiety depression and everything at first I, th I thought it was stupid i thought yeah right i'm gonna breathe and go in cold water and do everything it's fucking dumb <laughs> so i i tried the breathing and right away i found like a, a relief and i was doing like breathing like two three times a day because i was finding a way to to get better because i couldn't function without a, a headset on my head and it was all like um, those uh, speeches, like uh, to motivate you. Like uh, I had this 24 hours a day on my head. The only time I could take it off was when I was driving my girl to daycare and then coming back home and going back in my head, putting back the airphone for three months. I was like that. I couldn't function at all. Can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah. It's funny that you say that, you know, I think I was in a similar place for a different reason. 
um, I think perhaps I, I might still be, right? It's funny because if I were to tally up the amount of hours that I've spent listening to the same, probably the same shit that you listen to, the motivational stuff, right? I probably am, am in the hundreds, if not thousands of hours of listening to it. And, and I, it would become just background noise for me. And, you know, when I would tune in, I'd hear like a catchy something that would make me feel great. And then nothing changed right? Nothing ever changed. It's just really cool one-liners and shit like that. It makes you feel good. Like, you know, your coach is patting you on the back, but at the end of the day, I'm still here. I'm still feeling this way. These things are still happening around me and nothing has changed. Um, I don't know if that brought me the same way to like breathing techniques that it, that it did for you, but, it, but nonetheless, it still brought me there. And I realized that Maybe this is true for you. I guess that's maybe part of my question. When I started listening to these things, I felt like it was just fuel for the fire and not in a good way, almost as though I already felt like I was being accelerated through my day, through life. Everything was moving so quickly around me and I'm just trying to keep up so my feet don't, you know, run out from underneath me. And I feel like some of those motivational videos did nothing but help push me down the hill. But when I stopped and I breathed and I found the more immediate moment that like ice bathing does and, and cold water immersion, I felt like that stopped the clock. Time stops and I'm actually in control. Not of this runaway train that's flying down the hill that's being accelerated and pushed beyond what I think I can handle, but literally puts paw, play, hits pause on the entire world around me and allows me to think almost one second in the past. Like I'm so present that I'm before present. And that allowed me to kind of reorganize some of the bricks and, and the things that needed to be organized in my head before the tape sped back up to normal speed again. But at least I had that. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, because now I don't really listen anymore to those uh, motivational. It's, it's good to hear, but now what drives me now, it's really like training ice bathing, moving, doing sports, uh, and eating healthy too. Cause I changed my whole diet and everything now, since I've been like, so, uh, crazy with the <laughs> getting healthy. <laughs> Can I talk to you about your friend that you found? Yeah. Okay. In, in as much detail as you're comfortable. Can you tell me about that? What were the circumstances of that? If you don't mind? Yeah, no problem. Um, I've known he done he was older he was an older man he's I considered him like a, a father figure because right? I lost my mom in 2006. I'm sorry to hear that I've, I've always had like a crazy like losing people since I was a kid and I think I had like child trauma because of it I was exposed to a dead dog when I was like three my dad like he went on the side of the road. The dog got hit. It was all a bloody mess. And I, I think he wouldn't, it wasn't a good idea to bring me along. And I saw that. And I remember I like, like nightmares about that dog. And then in elementary school, I had a friend of mine who passed away. And then I had to go to the funerals and everything. And I would make, again, like dreams about his eyes opening and stuff. And then in 2006, I lost my mom. And then, like, my mom was the, the, the go-to person when I needed to talk. So when she passed away, it fell on this guy's shoulders. So every time I had a problem, I would go see him. And he used to live in my backyard. He was, like, um, 
not a hobo, but a, a old roofer who had quit everything. And uh, me and him became really close. He he was like 60, 63 or 64. And uh, he was uh, diagnosed with uh, ca- uh, lung cancer. And um, it was during the winter time. <clears throat> he was stuck in the snow. And I was taking uh, my Charlie's bath. And I was hearing like the car, like in the, in the, in the snow. So I opened the window. I see him. I tell him, Hey, don't kill yourself trying to take your car out. I'm going to put Charlie to bed. I'm going to come and help you out. But by the time I put Charlie to bed and I went out, I saw him, he was lying in the snow. And uh, I thought first he was joking because we always used to put pull pranks on each other every time. And um, when I went, I turned around the house, I turned around and when I turned his body I saw him like with a skull like bleeding because of the fall he did when he he had a stroke and um I I flipped out I called like 911 trying to do CPR on him and everything but he he was already all blue when I got there so I knew he was gone my mom passed away in 2014 and same you know and um I think it was before it was her time you know in any event she she really filled that same kind of role for me that that your mom did for you that was painful now i'm a guy i'm a man you know i do i do hard things because they're hard you know certain things excite me i i like i like a certain level of stress i like a certain level of anxiety but at the end of the day you know much like you i've got a past that has countless events that i think have affected me in somewhat of an emotional way but i've got to keep those emotions kind of tapped down a little bit because there's bigger things to worry about i suppose when i'm worrying about the people that are around me right my family my kids my wife and so on and you talked about depression and i think that we've all experienced that to varying degrees how did how did you find i don't want to call it the cure for depression because every depression's different but how did you how did you find this the key to unlock, I think, the solution for big pieces of your depression? Was it the breath work? Was it the ice? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Uh, the first the first thing I touched was the breathing and the cold showers. But in my first ice bath, my first ice bath was in the 2019. Uh, no, 2020, my first ice dip. I did the, my wife, she got me a, a fundamental course with a Wim Hof instructor. It was, uh, her name was Barefoot Sue. She's pretty known in the community of uh, the Wim Hof. And uh, that, that changed my life the first time I did the, the, ice, the ice dip. Dude, what was that like though? What was the whole experience like with her? How did she introduce you to it? And where did you start? We're like about, about 10 people in a, in a, in a room and she explained like the, all of the science behind the, the, the breathing and the cold exposure. And then we had a little lunch and then some breathing, no breathing lunch. And then there was the ice dip. Everyone would take a turn, do two, two minutes each. And uh, the first one that went was a girl. So I went second and I said, I have to nail the two minutes. I have no choice now. <laughs> but it was, super easy. it was super easy. I thought it was gonna be harder than that. But it was super easy. I did my two minutes. I could have stayed longer, but what did what, what did she have you doing when you? Well, how cold was the water? Uh, the water was like uh, two or three Celsius. Okay, that's cold. Yeah, 
dude, that's cold. That's really cold for your first time. <laughs> like, yeah, then I went during winter, so the water was frozen already, and we would add ice every time somebody would go in. Wow, in two minutes. So you say it wasn't as bad as you thought it was. What, what do you mean? I thought it was going to be way harder. I thought it was like, ah, like scream and shit, but I went in, just long excels, and it was super easy. You realize too that I haven't taken an ice bath yet where I've gotten out and I felt cold after I've gotten out. Within seconds, I'm back to normal. Yeah, just gotta move. It depends on the wind too. Yeah. Like the <laughs> yeah. The place I do it in Laval, close to my house, and the 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 in the lake. Fuck, man! When it it, it the name of the beach, it's called uh, Berge aux Quatre Vents. That means like uh, the four the verge of four winds, like. Or the beach of four winds, something like that. And it's freaking windy sometimes. It's insane. How has it helped you with addiction though? Like when when did you when did you introduce the breathing and when did you begin to eliminate the bad stuff? Like how has it helped you? How have you used it to help you? For my um for the hard drugs addiction, I pretty much had it on under control when my my girlfriend uh, was pregnant. Like the just the thought of having a kid and like having still my addiction problem was a problem for me. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. So slowly, maturely before she was born, I already had it under control. The only thing I didn't have under control was the alcohol, but uh, the alcohol, since I started my daily dips, I lost interest of drinking. I don't know why it just went away. What else have you noticed? Crazy. I think everybody needs to do like one ear of doing it every day and shit changed, man. It's crazy. Everything changed. What do you think is harder, ice bathing or, or cold showers? Cold showers are fucking hard. <laughs> right? Why is that? Why do you think that is? <laughs> because you don't, the water is touching like parts of your body. It's not all the way in. Like every time you move, ah, fuck. But when you go full, full, full emerge to your neck, it's like one feeling. Your daughters, you have two daughters. Yeah. Your daughters watch you do this. Your youngest joins you. No, not your youngest. I'm sorry. Your oldest joins you in doing it. What kind of example do you think you're setting for her? Are you letting her know when you do this that it helps you clear your mind? Are you letting her know, like, in you know, in ways that she can understand that, that this is one of many potential outlets that you can use that might actually help you? And, and not just physically, but, but, but emotionally. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to teach my daughters, especially now that I know like the breathing and the cold exposure, all the benefits it has and everything. I'm so happy that I found this before my daughters were too old. So it's, it's going to be harder for the, to teach them. But now I'm teaching them young. And now my daughter, she's the one that asked me, hey, dad, can we go take a cold bath? I'm like, okay, let's go. Dude, my daughter does the same thing. I'd imagine you're you're at a place now with your experience where you can stay in there really as long as you like or, or as long as you need to, right? Like you've got endurance. It, it's not just like a pop in and pop out. It's it's when the job is done is when you will when you'll get out of the bath. Um, is your mind clear, or is that is that what your intention is when you get in there? Is to clear your mind, or is it to solve problems? What do you do when you're in that blank space in between the time that you get in the water and the time that you get out? But since I've been doing it daily, because usually back in the days when I started, I would I would do it like when I feel like shit or I feel anxious or depressed. 
now I would go. But now, since I've been doing it daily, it's another men, uh, mental state. I just I just go to get the benefits right away. And but sometimes I would do two in one day. That's I feel like shit or anxious or I would if I didn't have a chance to go in the cold water, then I would do some breathing. I'm going to ask you a personal question. What do you think happens when we die? I don't know, but I had a I had a big problem with death for a long time. I had a, the fear of death. I think it's it's not the fear of death. I think it was like it, even worse than that. I, I would go like in crazy panic attacks and anxiety attacks. Yeah, I got to the hospital a couple of times when I had those fears because I thought I was going to die or and every time they would send me back home because I was, they were telling me I'm having a uh, panic attack because I thought my heart was about to fucking explode in my chest. And even after the the, the incident with the, the 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 old guy I talked about that died, what's his name? Uh, his name was Real. We call him Jesus because <laughs> he looked. He looked like Wim Hof, but with a bigger beard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I went to the hospital, when I had my, like, I, I didn't know what was, what was wrong with me. And the doctor told me I had a PTSD because my, um, all my nervous system and my chest was fucked up. I would like, like have like uh, palpitations in my chest. And I thought it was my heart but it was uh, all my nervous system was fucked up for a long time. And the more I was doing the, the ice baths and the breathing, it would go away. And sometimes it would come back when I would like uh, have a big contract and uh, the business was complicated. And then I would like uh, be anxious. It would come back a little bit, but now doing it daily, everything's gone. Everything's chill. Everything. Uh, like my mindset changed now. Every time I feel like a, a difficult task, I'm like, okay, let's go, let's do it. And you attribute you you attribute that to what do you attribute that to? I attribute that to daily dips, I think, or just my mindset of growing to all this, uh, changing my mindset of calming down. And do you feel like the practice of ice bathing on a regular basis helps you manage those feelings when they come up? Or is there something that you do when those feelings come up that helps tamp them down? Like, is there a breathing technique that you use or is there is there something physical that you do to put those emotions in better perspective? Or does the ice bathing just kind of help you manage it throughout the course? I think it's a combination of uh, my breathing changed. My breathing pattern has changed. Uh by practicing this method for a long time. And uh, I think the ice dips too changed and my mentality changed too. Now I'm I'm more like thinking like a Viking warrior, like who cares if I die, I'm gonna go to Valhalla. And uh, <laughs> I should, it's like, I, I take charge, I, I just go for it. So what's next? Are you gonna carve holes in the Arctic ice and try to swim underneath the water like Wim Hof does or? I mean, how do you how do you one up yourself with ice bathing? Like, how do you push how do you push the limits there? How do you keep yourself interested? I just gotta do it at different places, at cool locations, uh, and for sure, I want to try doing holes and going under for to another hole, and uh, just just keep 
being creative in that in that field and for sure and i with my new project live without fear slowly but surely i want to make it a like a, a business model but my my whole objective is really to help people deal with what i went through and try to get people out of uh, addiction and getting them out of their heads and try to lower the the suicide rate around the world do you get you have a website for live without fear facebook group or something we're working on it but we got a instagram tiktok facebook so what wim hof isn't just 30 breaths in and and then hold your breath out for as long as you can there's other techniques in there isn't there other uh, breathing techniques yeah i would like to learn a couple and uh, have more education on the breathing because for now i only do the wim hof because that's the one i know and uh I feel comfortable doing. Do you do any other tech? Do you do any like breath holding on the side or breath packing or just other things that perhaps aren't Wim Hof, but just other breathing techniques? Uh, I, I, that's what I want to learn. I want to learn more because uh, sometimes I would do with, because um, we get people to come and help us out and when we do our events and we try to get like someone in fitness, someone in breathing. And so they teach us other techniques and everything. But uh, for me, it's pretty much only the Wim Hof method I do. Uh, he has workshops, though, doesn't he? Can't you go over to uh, Denmark or Amsterdam, where he's at, and, and go through a course? Yeah, but he's got he's got trainers all over the all over the world. What about like you want to go to Kilimanjaro and climb Kilimanjaro in your underwear, like the rest of those guys do? That's what I'm supposed to do this winter? I want to do like. Uh, a big mountain we got here and uh we're, we're a couple of guys and girls i want to go and do it for uh in our shorts do it like wim hof style what he does just a pack sack and uh climb all the way up dude i have um a friend of mine is a world-class photographer and videographer he went with us when we went to mount everest and uh he spent three weeks with us uh I'll, I'll link you to him. I'll, I'll mention him here. Pete O'Hara. He's absolutely incredible. The work that he does. He just got back from Iceland and uh, doing a project out there. If you needed somebody world class to to go with you guys, I can I can connect you. He's a Canadian, uh, but I think he's a lot farther west than you are. He's in the Rockies, and um, yeah, he and his and his girlfriend are both excellent photographers and do this. I'll I'll link. I'll send you the link to him. You can see his work. Maybe there's a connection there because I think your mission is is awesome. Um, and he would just be a great way to, to memorialize it. Why, why do you think that depression now is such a, is such a pop, I don't want to say a popular thing to, to talk about, but everybody seems to be talking about it. Is it, do you think that it's more prevalent now than it ever was? Or do you think that people are just more comfortable talking about it now than they ever were? Yeah, I think it's slowly becoming, uh, we're making like, we need to talk more. I think it's uh, an accumulation of generations of trauma. And now we're just over the edge. I think it's, it's gotta be a, generations and generations of trauma like maybe the food too i don't know but there's there's something, there's something. <laughs> well i mean i don't know i yeah i don't know how i'd be able to talk about that but i feel like it is large i think there's a huge 
environmental component to it. And I think that, I think that it starts at a really young age. I think that it starts with, I think it starts with this industrialized factory education that they've got our kids in. Right. And because here's the deal, if you go back, I'm sure that the Spartans experienced stress and anxiety too, and their lives were a lot different. I mean, they were hacking people to pieces and watching families get, you know, they were, they were part of, but, but that wasn't traumatic to them, but, but expectations were a lot different back then. Um, I, you couldn't put me in, in Spartan uniform and tell me to go at it. And, and I wouldn't be emotionally capable of doing that, but they would also not be emotionally capable. If you drop them off in Alberta or you drop them off in New York city, they would fucking lose their mind too. They're, we're not equipped for each other's times. And I feel like there's, there's a biological component, a physiological component to it where, you know, we're trying to be whatever the best demonstration of a biological male would be a healthy biological male. But at the same time, there's there's some conflict there, right? Like, listen, if if seeing tragedy and seeing death and seeing pain and, and hurt were a, a, what we were expected to see every day, it wouldn't be a big deal. But the fact is, we don't expect to see that. And we do lead with our hearts now. And I think that it is largely okay for me to try to be the best friend to my children that I can be, but also being the best parent first, right? But, you know, my dad had said something. My dad was a, a pretty tough guy, uh, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. And, and he said that his biggest, which I still have yet to gain clarity on this. My dad said his biggest mistake when he was raising us was being too much of our friend. And I'm like, there's no fucking way that I don't, I, there's a huge disconnect there. Um, but anyway, like, I want to be best friends with my kids. I do. And, and but my kids are good people. Also, they know right from wrong. They know respect. They know that, you know, what humor is and what's right and what's wrong. And they know my, my kids are incredible, incredible people. But their expectations are also such that they expect things to be fair. And they expect things to be just and they expect that justice be served and good things happen to good people. And when their expectations are challenged in certain ways, right? You've had events that challenge yours. I've had events that challenge mine. Um, that's when it really screws us up, you know? So how it's, it's important to prepare our kids for the future, but also, you know, care for them a little bit too much right now. Cause that's, I think what good parents, what good parents do. Now you've been through a lot. You've seen a lot. Um, I know addiction has touched your life in, in some pretty dramatic ways. Um, it's also touched my life, but I think that that also boils down to mental health, right? There's something there and, and they had you medicated. They had me medicated in high school and I have a huge bone to pick with the pharmaceutical industry for the shit that I feel like yeah. they experimented on me. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, when, I'm part of that generation too. Right. So, and I, I wanted to ask you what you said that they had you on drugs. What did they have? What prescription drugs did they have you on? If you don't mind my question. When I was a kid, yeah, there was a uh, Ritalin, and then they changed it to uh, something stronger because the Ritalin wasn't working. I don't remember what it was back. Then. It was something stronger than Ritalin. Was it just did they have you on any antidepressants, or was it just uh, ADD medicine? ADD medicine. Okay. Well, I got kicked out of uh, I got kicked out of high school after a very long tenure in middle school. Um, and they had me on a bunch of other things too. They had me on Ritalin. 
uh, I forget what it was. They moved me to something else too. And I feel like, I don't feel like there was anything wrong with me, actually. I just feel like that they were either ill-equipped or unwilling to um, make an accommodation for somebody that was probably a little bit more intelligent than the average, right? And and I almost feel as though, I almost feel as though that they gave us drugs, those drugs, because it was easier to do that than to manage the person, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. I remember when I started using those those things i hearing my teacher crying in back of me she was an older woman so for her to see a kid on on drugs and i was freaking high not eh, like a zombie so to calm my hyperactivity and she was crying in back of me <laughs> she gets it though right she she was one of the ones that got it she was sad but at the same time it was the only way she could function the class because that was such a <laughs> so i they had me on antipsychotics they had me on antidepressants they had me on that as well ritalin my wife is a teacher she's an educator she she teaches third grade elementary and um i mean new jersey's a very unique educational ecosystem if you will pretty liberal um but I mean, I think it's there's a lot of problems with it. I think there always has been. But when she comes home and she talks about how there's there may be a kid in her class that has a problem and the people just don't want to deal with it because it's a lot of paperwork in order to get the child classified in a particular manner. Or, um, you know, this kid needs slightly more attention and they can't give it to them. So what, what do they do? You know, farther enough down the line, they give them medication and they they basically turn off the lights. Um, and I don't know what I would be like if I never had to take those medicines, but, but I have a feeling that if I were put in a more nurturative environment, if they had the capabilities to, to treat me, the, to teach me the way that I should have been teached, teached, <laughs> taught, then I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of Elon Musk's out there that, that are either drugged, or, yeah, for sure. Right. Or will never be identified because they go to schools in like inner cities where they don't have programs to to educate kids like us. Or when they get older, they fall in drugs because that's the that's the start of, of it all. Those medication. Because I remember when I when I when I stopped using Ritalin because uh, one of my friends in high school told me my mom was trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so I told my mom quitting those freaking medicine medication. And then a couple of years later, I fell into drugs. And I that's that's how it all started, because. I would get that same freaking feeling back, dude, I I wonder I never thought of that. I wonder how many somebody should do a study on that because oh i'm sure it would be real high like the numbers of kids that were stuck on ritalin or medication for adhd or hyperactivity i'm pretty sure the numbers are real high that people that when they come off that they fall into like uh opiates and um cocaine or whatever all hard drugs because it's similar it's almost the same thing well even if it's not i think that i think that there's something in there you change the programming in a way, you know, you, whether the kid thinks that, okay, well, there is a solution and it comes in this tiny little package that I can just swallow or, or there is something where they mess with, where it messes with the receptors in your head 
where you feel as though when there when a certain when a gauge hits a certain level in your brain there's an expectation of of something right maybe that's where the dopamine is maybe that's where those other neurochemicals are because i i also have had a past that includes a huge chapter on addiction uh both as a first and as a third person it's been very close to me i've seen it i've seen it up close and i and i and i bear a lot of yeah i've yet to forgive myself for a lot of things right um but when i go into an ice bath for me it's meditation in the sense that i'm bringing myself back to to silence to peace right to stillness so I get in there and all these thoughts run through my mind and, and I can't get to peace or stillness until I turn off all of the sensations on the outside, right? So muscles are contracting. I've got to let those go. Breathing has been altered by the cold water. I've got to let that go. When I can just sit there and be, now my mind is starting to kind of defrag itself and it might go off on a tangent, but then I bring it back. And what I think is important there is that that's an incredible practice, um, in the sense where if if we feel as though we have a craving or a compulsion to use whatever it is that you know we have our compulsions to use understanding how difficult it is to do that in an ice bath when you're subjected to physical discomfort but you're still able to bring your brain back to zero is a huge tool that you can use when you feel like you've got an addiction an addictive compulsion happening and you could bring yourself back to well hold on a second just silence not no not i'm not going to do it not this isn't a good time but rather hold on a second let me just find ground level first and then once you find ground level you find that you're also seven or eight minutes past the initial sensation so it come right so it comes back and you're like well hold on no 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 i'm closer than i was last time you can take a few deep breaths and, and bring yourself back to zero. And I feel as though the ice bath is an exercise in that where, you know, the, the game is supposed to be easy if your practice is hard enough, right? So if I practice in the ice bath, when those real world situations occur where I need to utilize that tactic, it's a whole lot easier than it would have been if I didn't have any practice at all. Does that, does that, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. So I want to ask you one more question. And I think that you're going to have an incredibly interesting perspective on this. What does it mean to you to be human? It's hard. I don't know. For me now, I would say. Uh... And you could take take your time because I'm in no rush, but I do want to hear. I want to hear what your answer is. What does it mean to be human? To be connected with all your emotions, emotionally connected, and feeling, feeling people like when 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 you have a conversation with someone like you, you could, you can know what they're going through just by listening to them. Like having a full, um, how do you say in English? It seems like you're just you're describing empathy. Yeah. I think that's an awesome answer. Um, where where can people find you? Because I know they're going to be interested in in you and in living without fear and everything else. I have uh, but the Instagram it's uh, Ice Viking Dad, TikTok it's uh, Viking Ice Dad, and uh, Facebook is Joe Lachapelle. But I got a second page that I made now because 
easier for everyone to find me. It's another Ice Viking dad. And we got live without fear on all socials. Well, Joe LaChapelle, it's been a pleasure, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Hey, thank you for taking me.